Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for another time in your presence. Lord, I pray that you speak to every heart. Set me aside, O oh God, and speak, O oh God, to your people. I pray for all trials, O oh God. Take absolute control of my mind, my heart, and my tongue, O oh God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Right. <clears throat> so the first Christian discipline we spoke about was fasting. And the Bible says that if the Bible says when you fast. So the Bible tells us that as believers, as Christians, we are expected to fast. We said that you don't only fast when the church declares fasting, but then you have, you must have personal times that you set aside to fast. And so we saw the different types of fastings and how to go about them. We also, say, we also said that fasting is not just a hunger strike, but it's time that you set aside to seek the face of God. And so the time that you are able to create in your calendar for not preparing your meals, for not eating, for not cooking, you set that time aside to seek the face of God. And you set that time aside to pray. Amen. So fasting is a moment that you seek the face of God. It's not a time that... You just stay away from food. Sometimes you have to stay away from food, stay away from TV, stay away from all sort of distractions so that you can focus on God. That is the essence of fasting. So the next Christian discipline we want to discuss today is quiet time, which is very foundational to the Christian faith. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 7, the Bible says, You that you... This is Paul talking to Timothy. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. No one engaged in warfare, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is crowned, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer must first must be the first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say. May the Lord give you understanding. This is Paul exhorting Timothy. And look at the three professions that he chose. First, he says a good soldier. Second, he says an athlete. And then the third, he says a farmer. All these people go through some sort of discipline. Before anybody is enlisted as a, as a soldier, the person has to go through training. Training that disciplines the person. That brings discipline in the person's life. And Paul is telling Timothy, you therefore as a soldier of Christ, you have to endure hardship. You have to endure discipline. You don't live your life. Military people or soldiers don't live their life loosely. A farmer will not be careless to say that, oh, I just put the seed in the ground and I'll go and sleep and that I expect to harvest. A farmer is not going to do that. A farmer attends to the crops every day. Every day of the week, he has to go there. At least he has a number of days in the week that he goes to the farm to see how the crops are doing. And early, let's look at the same board for instance. When I, I, sent, I, I love to watch the Olympics anytime I have the chance to. There, 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 
when they come for the when when it's time for the race, the race usually lasts for like two minutes or less. But in that two minutes, there's hours and hours of hours of preparation that has gone through the two minute display. And so what do you see for two minutes? It's not didn't just start when the 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 um the gun went or when the referee said let's the game begin. But they started preparing several weeks, several months, several years, waiting for that moment, for that two minutes display. And so all these people have discipline in their lives. Athletes have disciplines in their lives. They know they have to go to the gym. They know they have to wake up early in the morning. They know the type of food they are supposed to eat and what they are not supposed to eat. If you'll be able to perform at that top level, there is a discipline that is required. And if you cannot submit yourself to that discipline, you will not be able to perform at that top level. You cannot get to the Olympics by chance. You have to go through qualification. You, unless there is no, that you don't have people in your nation. But as long as there are people in that nation, you have to go through qualification. You have to go through some sort of practice before you get to that stage. And the Bible says that Every athlete is not crowned unless they, they compete according to the rules. So even after they have gone through the disciplines and they get to the place where they are supposed to compete, they have to stick to the rules. They have to be disciplined. When you are given a particular lane, you stick to that lane. If you decide to go outside of that lane, even when you are the first, you'll be disqualified. And so there is still a discipline that is required for athletes. And the Bible here, Paul compares Timothy to a good soldier, to a farmer, and to an athlete. These people have disciplines in their lives. And they are consistent at whatever they are doing. It takes consistency to grow in the kingdom of God. And that is why we are going to discuss the discipline of having a quiet time, a daily quiet time. It has to be consistent. You have to go, you have to make sure that every day you commit to it. I first of all want to describe, uh, sorry, I want to mention a few pitfalls that we have to avoid in Christian disciplines. We don't make the disciplines laws. The disciplines, Christian disciplines, the discipline of fasting, the discipline, I didn't get the chance to introduce it, but I just want to mention it today that disciplines are not supposed to be laws. You know, sometimes the Bible says that we have been set free from the laws, the requirements of the laws. And sometimes we entangle ourselves with personal laws again and religious laws that we have been set free from. They are not supposed to be laws, but they are supposed to bring us close to God. I think I mentioned earlier that anybody who says that because of grace, you are not supposed to be disciplined is not teaching the gospel. We are, we are required to be disciplined, even though God has given us grace. The disciplines are not so, uh, they, don't, they don't carry virtues in themselves. I, what I'm trying to say here is that they don't make you righteous. They do not make you righteous. And I'm not trying to say that they are not important. The disciplines do not make you righteous. You have to first of all understand that your righteousness is in Christ. As a Christian, you are, you are made righteous when you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. At that very instant, you become righteous. You don't become more righteous by doing any other thing. You are as righteous the first day as you are today. 
And so the virtues themselves, they draw you close to God. Bible says they draw nigh to me and I draw nigh to you, but they do not make you righteous. Not to water down on their significance or importance in our lives. Again, the disciplines should not replace Christ in our lives. You know how some, some people are more, um, they get excited about checking all the boxes and they lose the significance of what they are doing. Somebody said, no service, there's no service that you can give to the master that will warrant you ignoring the master himself. If you are serving in a king's house and you are so excited about serving the king and you ignore the king himself, there is no excuse for you. So you cannot ignore Jesus Christ in your life and be excited about disciplines and laws and requirements and things that you are supposed to do as a believer. The focus of our worship, the most important thing of our Christian life, the most important person in our Christian life is Jesus Christ himself. And nothing should take his place in our lives. In fact, no one should take his place in our lives. And so don't replace disciplines with the person of Jesus Christ because he desires to have a relationship with you. It's not a matter of just checking a box. Today I read my Bible. Today I prayed. Today I've done some good deeds. I'm done. No, it is Jesus Christ himself who desires to have a relationship with us. Let's not replace him in our lives with discipline. Now, disciplines are not, also not a basis of comparison. I know sometimes people will say, oh, I've read my Bible. I read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Good, God bless you. But that is not a basis for comparison. It does not even tell that you are more righteous or you are a better Christian than another person. Sometimes we think that, oh, I had, I've had my quiet time throughout the year. I've not missed any. And so we think that makes us better Christians than other people. No, the disciplines are not a basis of comparison. The Bible says when we all appear before God, everyone's work will be tested. And everyone will have their praise of God. And so let's not judge things before their time. Let's wait when we get before God. Everyone's work will be tested. It will go through the fire. If it stands, you will have your praise of God. So disciplines, Christian disciplines, are not a basis of comparison. Now, if you know about all the Christian disciplines and you do not practice them, they become useless and irrelevant. You know about having quiet time. It's like the other time, the example that I said. You went to, a, you went to the hospital, the doctor gave you a medication. You know that the medication is good. You know that if you take the medication, you are going to get better. But you decide that you are just going to put the medication in your bag or in your pocket and keep telling people that I went to the hospital, I have this medication. If I take the medication, I'm going to get better. You keep telling people, but you are not taking the medication. That is how it is. If you know the truth and you don't practice it, if you hear the word of God and you don't put it into practice, it does not benefit you. And so as we are studying about the about disciplines, Christian disciplines, we have to put them into practice. We have to practice the discipline of fasting. Set some time aside some in, 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 I mean, in the week, in the, in the month, and say, this is the day that I'm going to fast from food, fast from TV, fast from all sort of distress, and focus on God and pray, spend time with Him. The discipline of quiet time is something that you do on a daily basis basis and we are going to go into the details and so paul compares the christian life to the life of a soldier to the life of a farmer and to the life of an athlete 
And he says that all these people, they do it for perishable things, for perishable crowns. But when we discipline our lives, the benefit goes into eternity. It is not just for the life that we are living now, but it is for eternity. And that is why we have to discipline ourselves as believers. You see, life has become... Um, we, if we don't take care, life will become um, something that um, we don't... We ignore the most important things and spend our time doing all the things that are not important. The most important things in our life is to spend time with God. And so we have to deliberately in, or intentionally decide that we are going to set time in our day to seek the face of God, to read our Bible. Paul said, Do you not know that all those who run in the all those who run in a race? I'm sorry, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? but one receives the crown. Like the example of the Olympics game. All of them will run, but just a few people will receive the crown. The first three people are the ones who are, you know, even during the qualifications, you have to qualify before you get to the finals. A lot of people will drop off. And the, when the people get to the final, one person is crowned the, the, the winner. The Bible says, run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for a prize is temperate. If you compete for a prize, you have self-control. That's what the Bible is saying, that you have self-control in all things. The athletes need self-control. The family needs self-control. The military man needs self-control. And so the Christian also needs self-control. Sometimes you feel like you are watching too much TV. You have to turn off the TV. Discipline yourself. You feel like, oh, I have to finish this episode. I want to finish this one, just this one. And then by the time you finish, the, 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 the people who act the movies or those um, series, it acted in such a way that when they are concluding, they put some suspense there and they get your attention for the next one. But dear child of God, you have to discipline yourself. Turn it off when you know it's time for you to sleep so that you can wake up early in the morning to pray, to have your quiet time. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run that. So Paul is saying that, listen, I watched this Olympics game. Those days in the Greek um, environment, they used to have games similar to the Olympics. And he says, those who compete in these games do it for a perishable crown. Recently, I heard Tyson saying that the, the, the one of his favorite belts that he won when he was younger, when he was young, to him was the whole world. But he looked at it today and he said, it is nothing. It means nothing to him. When, several years ago, he thought this was like he was on top of the world because he had this title. But now he said it means nothing. So oh, that is an example of the fact that all these crowns are perishable. Later in your life, they will mean nothing to you. But the Bible says when we run our race as believers, we run for a crown that is not perishable. He says that for we run, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run. That's not with uncertainty. Paul is saying that I am not running carelessly. I'm not living my life anyhow. I'm not running like somebody who, does, who doesn't have a goal. He says, does I fight? Not as one who beats the air. He says, I'm not boxing the air. I have a target that I want to hit. So if I'm boxing, then I have a target that I want to punch. 
He says, I do not beat the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. This was Paul, a man who has a deep revelation about the gospel of grace. But he says that I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. That is what we need as believers. Discipline. Discipline our body and bring it into subjection. The good thing is that God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us. But it does not mean that when you put down your Bible, the Holy Spirit will go and open the Bible for you and start reading to you. The Holy Spirit will not do that. But he will help you to understand the Bible when you open it and begin to read. He will develop a desire and a passion in your heart as you continue to read that you will enjoy reading the Bible and you wouldn't like to close it. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. But he will not turn the Bible open and start reading it to you. That is why we need discipline. Paul says that I discipline my body. Other versions says I beat my body and bring it into subjection. Because when you let loose this body, the body will lead you to places that you don't want to go. The body will let you do things that you don't want to do. Galatians tell us that the body is in a battle with the spirit. And they are... And so whichever one you feed dominates your life. If you feed your flesh, if you give your body everything it wants, it dominates your flesh. But if you decide to starve your body and feed your spirit, that is do spiritual things, spend time with God, spend time reading, spend time fasting, spend time praying, then you are developing your spirit and you are feeding your spirit. And your spirit dominates your life. We are spiritual beings. So the right thing to, for us to do is to allow our spirits to dominate our lives. Paul says that he does all these things, least after he has preached to others, he himself will be disqualified. So Paul is saying because he wants to inherit or he wants to obtain his crown from God, he will continue to discipline himself. Now, the discipline of having a quiet time. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, 38. The Bible says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before day, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, Let's go to the next town, that I may preach there also. Because for this purpose, I have come forth. This is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, a great while before daylight, he went into a solitary place and there he prayed. Today, we live in the cities. We might not have a solitary place that we can run to or we can walk to. But you can set a place in your house, in your room, that you will go to that place to pray away from every distraction, away from anything that is going to distract you, and you set time to pray and be with God. Jesus Christ was in the habit, it was the habit of Jesus Christ to always go to a quiet place, to go to a secret place, to go to his closet, like he told his disciples, go into your closet and pray, and your Father will reward you openly. A great while before then, the first thing Jesus Christ did was he went to a place to pray and have communion with the Father. And we must learn this as believers. 
I know that life can be so busy that if we don't take care, we do all other things and leave the most important thing. Our jobs are important. Yes, they are. But they are not the most important things. Because one day, when we are not alive, people will continue working in the company. Your position, as soon as you stop working, <laughs> they will find a replacement for you. <laughs> and so, in as much as we want to hurry up and go to work, it starts with the it starts with our planning the night before that if we can go to bed early enough, then we can wake up early, have our quiet time, pray before we start our lives. Jesus Christ was in the habit. He was the son of God when he walked here on earth. But he, was in, he always had the habit going to a place to spend time with the father and pray before. And when he came back, Peter said, look, everybody's looking for you. He didn't answer Peter's question. He said, let us go to the other towns that I will go and preach. So he had a busy schedule. Everybody has a busy schedule. Yes, Jesus Christ also had a busy schedule. Remember, in his days, they didn't have cars to move around. So Jesus Christ was walking from town to town. I can imagine that the number of people he ministered to on a daily basis, by nighttime, he was tired, very, very tired. But he still got up early in the morning to pray. So we don't have an excuse not to pray, not to spend time with the Father, not to have communion. It was the habits that Jesus Christ himself did. He himself practiced the habit of spending time with the Father in prayer. Another man who Bible describes as the man after God's own heart, David. When you read the Psalms, you see so many times that David said, I wake up in the morning and I pray. In the afternoon, I'll pray. In the evening, I'll pray. David was a man who was constantly praying. He's a man who was constantly talking about meditation and meditating in, in, in the deeds of God, in the words of God. So he said in Psalm 5, verse 1, he said, give, me, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to my voice, to the um, to." To the voice of my cry, my king and my God, for, for to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning. So David, it was his practice that the Lord will hear his voice in the morning. What are the first things we attend to in the morning when we wake up? Some people say that the first things you attend to in the morning are the things that you give priority to in your life. But what are the first things we attend to in the morning? The first things that we should do is spend time in prayer, spend time in the word. Like I said the other time, before you listen, you listen to the news, you must read the good news because the news has nothing good for you. Everything you hear in the news is bad news. Everything is bad news. So you read the good news before you turn your attention to the news. Before we start our day, we must spend time in prayer. Spend time in the Word. Now, how do you go about your quiet time? Set an unchangeable regular time. Preferably in the morning. Should be the first thing that you do. Set time. That this is the time that I'm going to pray. This is the time that I'm going to have my quiet time. Spend time praying. Spend time in the present home. Preferably in the morning. Recently, I had, a, I, had, I had a question of somebody says, oh, I work the night shift, so how do I have my quiet time? When you wake up from your night shift, when you come back, you sleep, and then you wake up, 
it is a good time to have your quiet time as soon as you wake up. Because I think most of, most people will testify that that is the moment that your heart and your mind is very quiet. And so it is a good time to have your quiet time. So when you set a regular time, if you have a night shift job that doesn't allow you to have the, the quiet time in the morning, when you wake up, please have your quiet time. Withdraw from the presence of everyone, anything that will distract you. So the first thing is you set um, a regular time that you don't change it um, preferably in the morning. The second thing is withdraw from the presence of everyone. Spend time alone. You should, you, it's good to be alone as much as possible. I know that there are people in situations or in conditions that it's it's not possible for them to be alone but as much as you can if you are if you are able to spend time alone that is good if you are not if you cannot be alone as well just find create an atmosphere that can help you focus on what you're about to do i know that people there are people in situations where they can be alone that is fine but that should not deter you from having your quiet time read your bible and slowly read your bible and as you're reading your bible it has to be you read your bible slowly and you repeat whatever you are reading you repeat it don't be in a hurry to read a very um long passage no your quiet time is just read simple passage even if it's a verse just read it read it and repeat it read it slowly don't be in a hurry don't just be in a hurry to take that off your uh, your um your laundry list, but just read slowly. Make sure you understand what you're reading. Meditate on the passage. Very, very important. See, now when we talk about meditation, the first thing that comes to people's mind is yoga or some sort of meditation. But meditation started from the Bible. You see it from Genesis that the fathers of faith were meditating. It was something that they did. Abraham was meditating. Moses was meditating. You see that in the Bible. When you pay attention to Genesis, meditation started from the Bible. So meditation is not what the yoga people are doing. We'll talk about meditation as one of the um, Christian disciplines. Sit quietly and listen to the voice of God. God speaks to us. We have to listen. Write down whatever God says to you. or whatever, Write down whatever God tells you. And end with a prayer. End your quiet time with a prayer. So you set, the first thing is you set an unchangeable regular time. Withdraw from the presence of everyone. Create an environment with no distractions. If what if um, playing a worship song works for you, it is good to play a worship song so that you create an environment that keeps your focus on God. Read your Bible. Just read it slowly. This time we have this Bible apps. If you just want to stick to whatever verse they send you, your verse for the day, it also works. Just stick to the verse of the, of the day. But once you read that verse, you have to, you can also spend time studying deeper on what the verse say. Now another way uh, we are going to talk about how to study the Bible as well. But another way to study the Bible is to pick one character in the Bible and study the character. Like you can pick Joseph. Study about Joseph. Study his lifestyle. Pick David. Study about David. You can pick um, Daniel. And ultimately, you can pick Jesus Christ. Study the things Jesus Christ did when he was on earth. Because Jesus Christ is our ultimate example. He's the one we want to follow. All other characters in the Bible, they are just supporting. 
But the main character we want to be like is Jesus Christ. And so you can pick one character in the Bible and then study that character. Now, effective, how to have effective meditation. One, read slowly. Don't, don't be in a hurry to finish seven chapters in a day. Just read slowly. Do not read long passages unless it is necessary. Sometimes you just feel the urge to study, to read, and the Holy Spirit helps you. It is good to read a lot of passages, but don't just do it because you want to check a box, because you want to finish your Bible plan. You know that we have these Bible plans that we use, and I, I have to finish the Bible plan, so I'm reading. Sometimes you read, you don't even understand what you have read, but because you want to finish your Bible plan, you go ahead and then <laughs> you read 10 chapters. The Bible plans are good, but let's not just be in a hurry to finish without understanding what we are reading. So read slowly. Make sure you understand everything. If something strikes you, if the Holy Spirit brings something up to you, or if as you are reading, something just you just get a deep understanding about something, wait. Spend time on that verse. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a rush to move on. When You see, sometimes you are reading the Bible and... You just get an understanding that you've never had. You're like, wow, this thing has been there all this while, but how come I'm just seeing it? Spend time. Even if sometimes you can spend a whole week on one verse and the Holy Spirit spends time, break down the verse to you and give you a deep understanding of the verse. There are some verses that I've read in the Bible I don't understand. I'm still thinking about them. Sometimes it can take like a whole month for me to understand one verse. But that does not mean that I'm reading that verse in that whole month. But I keep thinking about the verse. What, does, what is the verse trying to say? I keep repeating the verse to myself. And the Holy, as you are repeating to yourself, the Holy Spirit brings understanding. And so spend time with the verse. Do not be in a rush. I encourage people to read the Bible, at least from, um, from Genesis to Revelation in a year. You are true tried, attempt to do it. God will help you. You can do it. <laughs> I had one preacher last week. He was saying that there are some of the prophets that when we meet them in heaven, <laughs> they will not be happy with us. <laughs> when we meet Obadiah in heaven, <laughs> and he will ask you, did you read my book? <laughs> he will not be happy with you. You meet Jonah there. Jonah will ask you, did you read my book? Zephaniah. Say, oh, Zephaniah was in the Bible. <laughs> they will not be happy with us. So we have to read. We have to read their books. We have to read from the beginning to the end. It's going to help us. And when we meet them in heaven, we can tell them that we read their books. Amen. <laughs> right. So think about the verse. One, sorry, I'm, I think I'm skipping one step. So stop at any verse that strikes you or speaks to you. Stop there. Think about the verse. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand. Very, very important part of meditation. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to understand. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 16, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. So one of the main reasons why we have the Holy Spirit is for him to guide us into all truth. And so when you are reading the verse and you don't understand, the verse sounds confusing. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Think about the meaning of the verse. One, 
think about how the verse applies to you. You see, sometimes the only way that the Bible becomes effective in our lives is when we apply the Bible to ourselves. We can read about nice stories in the Bible. Oh, this is a wonderful story. Oh, Jesus Christ really healed the sick. Oh, Jesus Christ really did this. He, he, he went to a wedding that people were in need. He performed a miracle. Wow, he did that. How does it apply to you? How can you use what you have read in the Bible in your own life? Is Jesus, does Jesus Christ care about the things that you are going through? Because if Jesus Christ does not show up in that wedding, the, the, the bride and the groom were going to be disgraced. They had all these people to, to um, take care of and they did not have enough wine. But Jesus Christ stepped in, performed the miracle. What was the purpose of the miracle? Why did Jesus Christ even perform that miracle? These are things that we have to ask ourselves. The Bible, when you read the book of John, the Bible says these are signs that points to who he is. And so Jesus Christ performed the miracles so that they will serve as signs that people will see. He just, he just wasn't interested in the fact that people were going to get drunk. at the No, he wasn't just interested, but he wanted to draw the attention to the fact that he was the Messiah. And these were all signs. So these are questions you ask yourself when you read. Why did Jesus Christ do this? Why did he say this? And how does it apply to me? That should be the last question you ask yourself when you read the Bible. How can I apply this? How can I apply this to myself? Because if you don't apply what you are reading, the Bible becomes empty. It becomes useless. It does not benefit you. Jesus Christ said, um, um, told his disciples again in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He said, Therefore, whoever hears this saying of mine, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. So he's saying that if you hear my words and you he says, does them, means you have to do it. If you don't do it, the word is irrelevant. He says, whoever hears my words and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, and the flood came, and the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it did not fall. Now, I just want to read this verse 26. He says, but whoever hears these words of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sun and the rains descended. The same thing that happens to the wise man happened to the foolish man. And the rains descended and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on the house. It fell and it fell and great was it fall. So the same thing that happens to the wise man happened to the foolish man. But the outcomes were different. Why? Because the wise man obeyed the word of God. In the same way, the same thing that happens to Christians happens to unbelievers. But the outcome is different because we believe in God. And so a Christian will go through the same thing that an unbeliever is going through. But how the Christian handles it, the outcome of the Christian's life in that, pain, in that painful moment or in that event is different. Why? Because the Christian has God in their life. So even when you read the Bible and you do them, the same things that happen to the unbelievers might happen to you, but the outcome of your life will be different. Just like we see here. Bible says the rains descended, the flood came, the wind blew, and beat on the house. The same thing happened to the one who obeyed the word. The same thing happened to the one who didn't obey the word, but the outcomes are different. And so the Bible 
ex, the, the, um, Jesus Christ, sorry, the Lord expects us that when we read the word, we need to practice it. And so if you don't have a regular quiet time, as we are studying about quiet time this morning, set in your heart that you have a regular quiet time. And like I said, don't make it into a law and feel like, oh, today I've not had my quiet time. Or I wasn't able to have my quiet time yesterday. The Lord is angry with me. I've not done well. No, the Lord is not angry with you. But he says, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. He expects us to continue to draw closer to him. He has given us the whole, we have to understand the love of God. He's a loving father. He expects us to draw closer to him and he's going to draw closer to us. And so, yes, you didn't have your quiet time, but set time aside and do it. Start from wherever you are. Start from that very time that the Holy Spirit brought to your mind that you've not had your quiet time. Do it that time. Just as an obedient child. And God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us. In James chapter 1, verse 23, again, he says, If anyone hears, if anyone is a hearer of the word and thus and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, in the mirror, I'm sorry. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not forgetful here about the doer of the word, this this one will be blessed in whatever he does. We need to obey the word. I know that most of us have heard about quiet times before. It is one of the foundational practices in Christian life. It is one of the things that builds us as believers. I know also that life has become very busy for most of us. But we should not replace the most important things with things that only have temporal value. The Bible says when they compete in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the race, they compete for a perishable crown. But what we are competing for is an imperishable crown. Let us therefore have endurance. Let us be consistent with our, our practice and our disciplines as Christians. And we are going to be blessed. There are times in our lives that we need counsel. The very good time for us to get that counsel is when we have our quiet time and we sit quietly and listen to the voice of God. God speaks. He speaks to us every day. He speaks to us. You see, sometimes we wait for the big, big decisions and we want to hear the voice of God in those big, big decisions. But when we have not spent time practicing hearing his voice in the small, small decisions, when it's time to make the big decisions, you will not hear his voice because you have not practiced hearing his voice on a daily basis but it will not be so in our case he's the bible tells us in isaiah chapter 9 that he is called and his name shall be called wonderful counselor and so jesus christ is a counselor do we need any counsel in any issue at all when you pray and you keep quiet and you spend time Ideas, some ideas that you, you are not expecting will begin to come in your mind. Write those ideas down. Write them down. He will begin to direct you. And there are issues in your life that you, 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 you need counsel about. Of course, God has put men in our lives who can also counsel us. But he is also a counselor who can give us the best counsel. And so sit quietly. He will give you those fresh ideas. And the morning time is the time that... You, you, your mind is the most quiet. 
that you can set it on God and um, listen to whatever God has for you. And so this is our second discipline that we want to discuss this morning, the discipline of having a quiet time. A quiet time is the time that you wake up in the morning, you pray, you read your Bible, and then you sit quietly to listen to the voice of God. You meditate on the Word, and then you sit quietly to listen to His voice. Just this simple practice. This, sometimes you sit quietly and you don't hear anything. <laughs> You don't hear anything. That's okay. Don't beat yourself that I've not heard anything. <laughs> oh, everything I'm hearing is coming from myself. But know that you are training up your spirit and you are bringing it up in the right place. You are giving your spirit the because this spirit of the spirit we have requires training. We need to train ourselves. The Bible says, train yourself to godliness. And so you do it the first day, you don't hear anything. And you're like, oh, this thing it doesn't work for me. <laughs> I've heard people talk about it, but it doesn't work for me. So you continue to train yourself. Train yourself. Train yourself. Don't stop. The, the one who went for the Olympics game, imagine if the first time you sent boat, the first time he tried to do the 100 meter and then he did, he did four minutes. It's like, oh, this thing doesn't work for me, so I won't try again. You see, the first, the first time he does it, he might be able to do three minutes, finish the 100 meters in three minutes. Yes, the next time he tries again, he will finish it in maybe two minutes, 50 seconds. Then he will try it again, he will finish it in two minutes, 45 seconds. But he's still pressing on until he's able to get the best record in the Olympics game. And that is the time he's ready to come out as an athlete and we see him perform in two minutes, right? But it takes training to get to that point. And that is why when we started, I said, look at all these people that the Bible is using as an example. They have disciplines, they train themselves. They have self-control. And so don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Have I ever sat quietly expecting God to speak to me and I didn't hear anything? Yes, so many times. So many times. I wouldn't tell you that anytime I sit quietly to listen to God and I hear his voice. No. There are times that I don't hear anything. There are times that I even fall asleep. <laughs> but don't let this discourage you because if you know the truth from the word of God, know that you are training your spirit and you are bringing it to the place where it is able to receive from God. So please don't be discouraged. The things you go through, other people go through it. <laughs> But the difference is some people give up too early. Some people will say, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to continue, be consistent in this. And you'll see the results. That should be your mindset. No matter how long it takes, I will continue. I will continue to do it. It's a good thing. In fact, it's a good thing for you yourself, even for your mental health. You're able to be quiet and sit quietly and stop thinking about it. That alone helps you, right? And so if you don't hear the voice of God, be consistent. Just continue. And you will get to that place. Amen. And be gracious to yourself. Don't beat yourself. <laughs> I know I'm out of time. <clears throat> be gracious to yourself. Don't say, oh, I didn't hear the voice of God. Oh, I can't hear the voice of God. No, no, no. Don't beat yourself. Just enjoy the grace of God. Stop marking your scripts against other people. Enjoy the grace of God. Rest in his grace. Trust him. Total trust. Total surrender. And watch God work in your life. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord. As we have studied about the discipline of quiet time, Holy Spirit, we ask for grace. We ask for your help. In Jesus' mighty name, that you will help us. You will help us, O oh God, in this discipline. 
Give us wisdom how to handle our days, like how to number our days, how to number our moments. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen.